we're in the Christmas season, yeah? Right? All around us. Have you noticed that people have been a little nicer at all? Or maybe not? Maybe no. People are just still mean and ornery and nasty as they always are. Maybe so. Right? Right? But I think it's really important as we go through this Christmas season that we understand why. What's the point? Have you all ever heard of the word Advent? Right? Any good Catholics in here who've heard of Advent? Okay, okay, good, good. You were a good Catholic once, Emmett? You were a good Catholic? You were a good Catholic. Okay. Uh, Advent actually means this. It's the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. Coming, waiting, expecting. I love the way um, uh, there's a certain name, Monk, not that you're not going to know him. He said the practice of Advent is participating in the ancient expectancy of the Messiah and passionately expecting him again. This time of Advent, this Christmas season that we're in is a holy reboot for all of us if we take the opportunity to reboot. It's a holy reboot. The Christian calendar year, in case you didn't know, it starts each year on December 1st. It's interesting that God starts out his year with the most important and great news possible to set up the year. In our calendar, it's at the end of the year we have Christmas and we, we remember Christ. In the Christian calendar, it's remember Christ first in January moving forward, kind of for our thinking, but it's December moving forward. The idea here is a holy reboot for the believer by actively looking for and expecting Jesus and hope, love, and peace. Hope, love, joy, and peace. How many of you, seriously, I want you to really think about this. How many of you have really taken the time, even just, a, even just a minute or two, to really think about and meditate on the hope that you have in Jesus, the love of God for you, the joy that he gives us because of who he is, and um, I'm, I'm missing one, I'm missing one, and the peace, oh, Oh, the peace of God. If there's nothing else greater in my life that I receive from Jesus that I enjoy every day, it's his peace. Being able to lay down those burdens and being able to just pick up his peace. Laying down the burdens and the cares and the worries and the fears and the this and the that and be able to take up his peace. How many of you enjoy the peace of God in your life? I'll tell you, if he was to immediately extract it from your life and you'd feel like any other not born again, dead spirited, worldly person, it would freak you out. Because there is a level of peace that all of us walk in, some more than others, um, some very little. You know, they, they like to live in chaos and drama. Um, uh, you know, I don't want to do that. And, and, and sometimes when when things come to steal my attention? Has anything ever come to steal your attention during your week? To try to get you off from loving Jesus and get you off from loving people and just steal your joy? Anybody ever experienced that? Oh yeah, yeah, you too, huh? Some people ask me, how you doing? I said, I'm great despite my circumstances. I'm great despite the challenges that I'm facing right now. I'm great, I'm great. But just like in the, um, it's, it's like a, a holy reboot, reboot, like communion. Every week is a holy reboot. I can drink that cup and remember 
that I am completely holy before God because of what Jesus did. I can eat that bread and remember that if I have sickness in my body, he's my healer. That's a holy reboot. Advent, Christmas season, is a holy reboot for all of us. So let's not blow through the season, you know, be worried about how we're going to pay for Christmas presents through the season, be worried about this or be worried about that or be worried about what's going to happen in January at your job because, oh my God, things are changing, but let's not do that. Let's enjoy this season and just expect Jesus to come to us in hope, love, joy, and peace. Just a different mindset. Remember last week I shared with you the importance of gratitude. Being grateful, right? So, <clears throat> and, and, and I said to some of you, how many of you have felt like you just haven't had that connection with Jesus? You know, you, you just kind of feel like, ugh, every time I spend time with God and everything, it's just been, you know, and people, I had several hands go up. And, and, and to be honest with you, the last couple of weeks, I felt like that myself. So I, I, I spent time this week, and again, I felt nothing. Zero. Nada. <laughs> felt nothing. But the Holy Spirit reminded me, and I, and I, and I said it again. I, I said, okay, I've got to remember, I have just put the incredible, powerful Word of God in my heart. And the Holy Spirit was showing me, it's now resident in you, ready to use, ready to access. You've just filled yourself with power. I started to remember and think about what's really going on. And you know what's amazing? As I just began, be, began to be grateful for the ability to put the Word of God in me, and no matter what I feel or what I blah, 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 all of a sudden, there he is. There he is. There's who? There's Jesus. There's the Holy Spirit speaking to me. Ah, there's his presence. Ah, I'm feeling, ah, I'm, I'm you know, and just because I took the time to be grateful. This is like another holy reboot for you. If you'll take the time. We are such in a darn hurry for everything, aren't we? And it seems like the older I get, the more impatient I get for some reason. Why? I mean, sometimes it's kind of like when you got little kids, you know, and, and they're bouncing off the walls. Um, God help me be a good grandparent. And they're bouncing off the walls. It's, you know, I'm not used to that. I'm just not used to that. I'm just, you know, we raised our kids in a certain way. And when kids are bouncing off walls, I seem to get impatient because I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> you know, uh, but I don't think that we, we need to be impatient as we're sitting here going, Jesus, it's just me and you. I'm not impatient. I'm not struggling. I'm not frustrated. Even though you may be, you could say these things out loud. I'm going to voice this. I am not. I am sitting. I am resting in the peace of God right here in this place. Thank you, Lord, for your hope. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your joy that you give me because of Christ Jesus. And just sitting remembering. Just like in the Old Testament, remember before Jesus came, there were about 400 years that the Old Testament prophets were silent. Silent. I mean, they were saying nothing for 400 years. That's a long time. So what did the, what did the, what did the people have to do? They had to go on what he had said. 
what the prophets said before that time. And they held on to the expectancy of the Messiah through that. The same as you need to hold on to your hopes, your dreams, because some of you have unfulfilled prayers that feel like a, 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 a gargantuous hole right through the middle of your soul. But I'm here to tell you that it's going to happen. If your faith is in Jesus and your trust is in His Word and what He said and He promised you, He will perform it. It doesn't matter how long it's been. I remember my aunt, um, because remember this, say it with me if you know it, He knows, He cares, and He's working. We've got to believe that. He knows, He cares, He's working. You know, some of us have been waiting forever. My Aunt Camille, she's one of the greatest examples to me. And if you're watching, Auntie. Um, my aunt lives in Chicago. Um, she's in her 80s. And she believed God for her son, who was a drunk and had a problem with drugs, for over 33 years. 33 years. Now, all of us, we gave up on him. All of us are like, well, whatever, you know, I mean, that's just Tony, comes everything drunk and he's, you know, blah, 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 and he's just, he's just you know, it's so, he was so fun to be around <laughs> because when he was drunk, he was just belligerent, you know, and he would just rip people apart and just, we, we just avoided him. Auntie just kept believing, kept believing, kept believing, kept believing, and one day, bam, Tony got completely, totally set free from alcohol and drugs and has been ever since. 33 years. That's a long time. I said, Aunt, how did you not feel like quitting? She said, I felt like quitting every day. She said, but I knew if I held on to the promise that God said he wouldn't let me down. She said, it's, I held on to that promise. You and your whole household shall be saved. 33 years, y'all. So my question to you is, what does that hole in your unanswered prayers look like? What does that look like? Does that look like rejection to you, like God has rejected you and he's not answering your prayer? Does it look like hopelessness? Well, that'll never be answered. God's saying to you today, renew your hope. Renew your hope if you've fallen down 62 times. Renew your hope that it can be different today. It can be different today. Um, what does that request look like? I want you to think, think about it a minute. What does that request look like answered? Have you taken the time to dream about what that prayer looks like answered? Have you taken time to do that? To just dream, just take the time to, you know, whether it's you're believing for a house and you've never had a house before or, or you're believing for your child to come back to Jesus and you've never had that. Are you, are you picturing it, what it looks like? Because when you start to picture and you start to dream what that prayer looks like answered, hope starts to spring up in your heart. Hope. Hope starts to spring up in your heart. Try to see yourself completely walking in the answer of that prayer. 
What's, what do you look like if that prayer gets answered? Start to see yourself. What do you look like? What's your demeanor look like? What does your life look like? I've got a bunch of unanswered prayers right now in my hand. But I keep holding them out to God. My wife would just say to me, well, how do you know? I can't explain it. I just know that I know that I know. She said, well, I just got to go on here. I know that I know because I don't know. You know, and, and I can't explain it. It's this resolve on the inside. And I just know that I know I never worry about it. Matter of fact, I hardly ever think about it because one day it's just going to be like, bam, there it is. So why should I stress and strain in the meantime? Why should I stress and strain? Why can't I just sit back and wait and hope with expectancy that my Savior's going to do what he said he's going to do? Make the effort to remember again God's faithfulness to you. Every one of you, go ahead and recount it. Has God ever healed your body? Has he ever provided money for a bill? Has he ever saved a family member that was lost? Golly, you guys, think about it, think about it, think about it, think about it. I love this scripture, 2 Timothy 2.13 in the Amplified. If we are faithless. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. If, if. When we are faithless, do not believe and are untrue to him. Because let, let me tell you, as, as faithful as we want to be, there's still moments of faith, faithlessness. Can, you, can, I, can I get a yes from somebody? You know, I mean, I mean, seriously, we have faithless moments. He remains true, faithful to his word and his righteous character. Listen to these next five words. For he cannot deny himself. Your father sees you and him so intertwined, so balled up, so interconnected so interconnected that he will not deny the request because of something you've done because he'd be denying himself. Think about that. He can't deny you because he'd be denying himself. Because the two of you are like this. You can't... You ever get one of those... Uh, you know, we used to do this all the time. You, you don't put away electrical cords the way they're supposed to be put away and now you're fishing out a spaghetti mess that spaghetti mess that you look at and you go forget it i'll just go buy another six electrical cords because it's aggravating or maybe some of you are so you know so like well i'm not going to spend the money i'm going to take the time to do it not worth my time um, but that spaghetti mess that's like you and jesus can't tell who's who and they're just completely intermingled do you see yourself like that do you see yourself so intertwined with Jesus? Well, no, all I see is all the dumb stuff I do and the bad stuff I do. Why don't you just, I, I just said something out loud to my wife this afternoon that I've never said out loud ever in my life. And you know why I did it? Because I was going to expose it. And I said, you know what? I always feel this way about myself. She goes, really? Well, you're not. I go, yeah, but I do. So I'm saying it out loud. And you know when I did that and I said it out loud in front of my, we just don't talk enough. I said it out loud in front of my wife. It was like all of a sudden it lost its power. <gasps> Ooh. Y'all want to know what it is? 
Good, because I'm not going to tell you anymore. It's just a lie that, that I constantly have, and that lie carries shame with it. And I'm not even this, but it just carries that. And so by saying it out loud, now it's got no more power. How many of you are saying out loud, man, I blew it, and I sure don't deserve it on my merit, but Jesus paid the price, and I completely believe in him and what he's done for me, and so I get to receive the blessing. Thank you, God. Most of us, we just don't talk. We just let our minds be all twisted up, and we never talk it out. Never talk to our spouses. Never take the time. Well, I just don't want to bother them. I would be like that with my wife. I don't want to tell her about myself because I don't want to bother her. You know, she's dealing with her own stuff. I don't bother. But you know what? Every time I do tell her, she's never like, oh my God, I can't take your stuff too. <laughs> you know, she's not like that. So don't think that your spouse or your, you know, your, your friends that you confide in are thinking that either. His never-ending desire to give you the kingdom. Luke 12, 32. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you His kingdom. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, to give you what you need. So during this season of Advent, this Christmas season, I think we would do ourselves well if we would remember who Jesus is why he came and what he did so that the prayers of our heart, the desires of our heart could be answered so we could bear fruit and therefore we glorify God and he gets it all in the end anyway. That's what it's all about. And so I really want to encourage you guys to just take the time during this season and we're going to talk more of what that looks like and how we can hope more. I didn't even get through the message that I had prepared for tonight, but I just want to really encourage you. Get your heart into a place, into a, into a focus of, okay, Jesus, I'm right here. I'm right now. I'm, I'm going to, this morning, you know, maybe, maybe it's during your, your, your special time or whatever. This morning, I'm just going to remember. I'm going to take the time to actually remember and to hope that these things are going to be answered because of Jesus came. It doesn't matter if he, it, it, we can't get to he died to first we got to get to he came. So in this season, it's all about he came. So let's rejoice in that. Amen? Amen. Well, Father, thank you tonight um, for the opportunities that we have to come together as a church family just to love on one another to hear the word to spend time in worship together to be loved by you to experience you and i'm praying that anybody who has prayer needs tonight father that they wouldn't leave um, without without getting prayer for that up here with our prayer workers father i thank you that as as we uh, embark upon our week as we as we look to finish out the year in a good way that we will just meditate on your goodness, meditate on the fact that you came willingly and gave yourself so that we could walk in newness of life. Now, Father, I just pray if there's anybody here tonight in the name of Jesus who has never prayed the prayer of salvation and declared that Jesus be the Lord of my life, I pray that as we pray this prayer together tonight as a church family, 
that they would just say this with all their heart and mean it. If you want to receive Jesus tonight, say this prayer with me as, as the whole congregation says this together. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that I'm forgiven from all my sin because of what Jesus has done. I thank you that you love me and you gave yourself for me. And I receive you now as the perfect sacrifice for my sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I pray that anybody who prayed that prayer tonight from their heart, I pray that you would just give them a boldness and a courage this week and and help them to experience who you are, your goodness and your mercy and your joy. We thank you for it now, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Listen, if you are a brand new person with us here tonight, this is the very first time you're visiting us, we want to know who you are. So if that's you tonight, would you do me a favor? Would you see Jen Walter right back there? Um, She's got some cards she wants to give you. Plus, we want to send you out with gifts, you know? got to send somebody home with gifts. So we got a bag for you. We want you to enjoy that tonight. Hey guys, I love you so much. Thanks for coming. Uh, Have a great week and we're rooting for you. God bless you.